This episode is made possible by Armoire. I love genius companies founded by women, and Armoire is one of them. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days, and then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. To me, Armoire Armoire solves so many issues I struggle with today, the biggest one being accumulation of stuff. Let's face it, women want to feel on trend and fresh in their clothes, so we like to shop for new clothes often. But I also get overwhelmed when I have too much to choose from, which happens after years of shopping. I forget what clothes I have and I end up wearing the same thing over and over. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back. Whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to brave a department store fitting room with those unflattering fluorescent lights again. Trust me, your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash heel. That's A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash heel to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of The Heal Podcast, I sit down with my dear friend, Bruce Lipton. Of course, you all know Bruce from Heal. He is a stem cell biologist, the author of The Biology of Belief, which I highly recommend to everybody, and an internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirituality. He was the recipient of the 2009 Goy Peace Award. He has been a guest speaker on hundreds of TV and radio shows, as well as a keynote presenter for national and international conferences. Today, Bruce and I discuss the detrimental effect that fear and stress have on our bodies and minds. We cover some controversial topics and say some potentially triggering things with the good intention of opening the aperture in order to see the cycle of fear, consumption, dis-ease, and destruction that we are in and how to break out of it. For instance, one way that we can consciously create a new paradigm of harmony is by changing our unique negative subconscious programming that we downloaded as a child. Bruce shares with us the importance of understanding that people are not inherently bad, but they can be running bad programs, and therefore every human being is worthy of our love, compassion, and forgiveness. This awareness alone is the elixir that can heal so much of the divisiveness and hatred infecting our society right now. This episode is for anyone who wants to break out of the hypnosis of fear and discover their inherent power to create peace, harmony, and vibrant health in their lives. Let's dive in. Bruce Lipton, thank you so much for coming back on and speaking to me, uh, All Things Heal. 
Kelly, I am honored to be with you, and I'm especially honored because of our community. These are the cultural creatives out there that are looking for, is there another way? And the answer is, of course, there's another way, and it's a lot better than the way we're doing it. So uh, we have some information we could share that enhance the future for all of us. Yes, thank you, because there are moments where I lose hope, and then I remember, no, no, it's all in divine plan, and light will prevail, you know? I, I'm anticipating so. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, I mean, when I, you know, let's go back to 2000. Oh gosh. I don't know if it was eight or nine when I read the biology of belief. And I remember still where I was when I learned that we are not victims of our genes. And then you went on, you know, to teach me why. And we talk about it in Heal, and I'm sure 99% of the people listening to this podcast understand it based on Heal and, and your work and the book. But I would really like to just touch on how fear and stress are affecting the global mind and body right now. Very big, important thing for this simple reason. Less than 1% of disease is connected to genetics. Over 90% of illness on this planet is all due to stress and lifestyle. And I say, why is it relevant? Because if we understood this, then 90% of illness would disappear from this planet essentially instantaneously. Uh, so we have to make an understanding of how do they connect with each other, okay? So basically, the understanding is this. Cells have to adjust their biology for an environment. So as the environment changes, cells have to change their biology. And the significance about that, as we mentioned very briefly, is that the genes respond to the chemistry of the blood. I go, why? Because the chemistry of the blood comes from the brain. I go, yeah, but what chemistry comes from the brain? I go, it's based on the picture held in our mind. The brain translates our pictures into complementary chemistry. So, for example, uh, if you open your eyes and you see someone you love, the brain translates love into wonderful, healthy chemistry, uh, dopamine for the great pleasure, oxytocin to bond with your lover, uh, growth hormone, which its function is exactly that. I go, so why is it relevant? I say, well, when people fall in love, they're happy, they're excited, and they're healthy because the chemistry that comes from a picture of love is a chemistry that enhances the vitality of the cells. In contrast, though, if I open my eyes and I see something that scares me, I say, no love chemistry is coming out of this brain. Fear chemistry comes out. And I go, well, what is fear chemistry related to? And it's simply related to an ancient history. Uh, fear means we were running away from a saber-toothed tiger back in those days. And I go, so what does fear represent? Something is chasing you. Something's interfering with you. Something's threatening. And fear uh, and stress can come about. I'll give you a simple definition of what stress is. Anything that gets in the way of your destination, whatever your destination is, if something gets in the way of that destination, it provokes stress, okay? And I go, so what's relevant about this? And I say, let's go back and understand what the stress response was all about. And that was originally run away from that saber-toothed tiger. I go, what do you mean run away? I go, well, if you want to save your life, you better start running huge arms and legs and start running. And I go, oh, so in a state of fear, you want to use your arms and legs. I go, yeah, you know, you, you hit them with your pancreas. Uh, you know, the lion doesn't care about that. But if you run away, you're going to make it. And I go, so here's the storyline. The arms and legs are what protect you. And I say, and to use them, uh, they need blood because blood is where energy is. Okay. 
Now I'm going to give you a statement out of a physiology book and then explain it very simply. And the statement is this, when, uh, when a person's in stress, the blood is preferentially sent to the arms and legs. Okay. Yeah. When I'm in stress, more blood is going to my arms and legs. I go preferentially, where was it before? I go, it was in the gut. I say, well, what's the function of the gut? Maintenance of the body, fixing, cleaning, repairing. It takes care of maintenance of the body. And I say, so why is it relevant? I said, if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger, uh, maintenance of the body is not necessary at this moment. <laughs> escape is necessary because if you don't escape, then the body is nourishment for a tiger. So uh, <laughs> the issue about it is this. When stress hormones are released into the system, they cause the blood vessels in the gut to squeeze shut. I go, well, why is that? Because then that pushes the blood preferentially to the arms and legs. People feel that when those blood vessels are squeezing like this, it's called butterflies in the stomach. They feel a little queasy. I go, what is that? That's the closing of the blood vessels shunting the blood off. You can feel it, okay? So I say, oh, so <clears throat> being chased by a tiger, I shut down the growth and maintenance of my body to use the energy to run away from the tiger, okay? Number two, the immune system uses tremendous amount of energy. I go, what do you mean? I say, well, if you've ever really been sick, you didn't even have the energy to get out of bed, okay? So if the immune system is really engaged, you're using a lot of energy. And I go, well, the immune system is protecting me from an internal threat, bacterial infection. Okay, so now I give you this scenario. You're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger and you have a bacterial infection. How would you split the energy between repairing the, uh, the infection or escaping the tiger, I hope everyone understands. The hell with the bacterial infection. Why? If the tiger catches you, the bacteria no longer is your problem at that moment. Yes. <laughs> so uh, basically, then it says this. When we are under a stress from an outside threat, uh, the stress hormones shut off the immune system to conserve energy to escape the threat. And I go, wow, what does that mean? I said, well, uh, it, it doesn't, you don't activate the immune system because you need all the energy to run away. And I go, well, this is very critical for a very important reason. And, and I say, well, why is it critical? And I say, well, you shut down the immune system. And as a matter of fact, it's, the stress hormones are so effective at stress, uh, shutting down the immune system that when a person is going to receive an organ transplant, heart, lungs, or whatever, they give the recipient of those uh, organs stress hormones before the operation. But why? Because it prevents the immune system from rejecting the foreign organ right away. It inhibits the immune system. So stress hormones are used therapeutically to shut off the immune system. So I say, what's the consequence of this? I say, well, you shut down the growth and maintenance of the body and you shut down the immune system. Yeah, but it's Hey, if you escape the tiger, it's 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, if you escape in 10 minutes, no more threat. And I go, then what? Oh, you return back into growth again. Okay. So I go, so why is this relevant? I say, well, that was a long time ago when the only stress was the damn tiger. Mm -hmm. But today people have stress 24, 7, 365, stress every day. And it's dripping stress hormones into them. I say, well, what's it doing? I say, well, a couple of things I just mentioned. It's interfering with the growth and maintenance of the body, which has to be maintained. Uh, and I said, well, what's the consequence of that? I said, it's a breakdown of the system. So prolonged stress causes a breakdown of the system, okay? Number two, it inhibits the immune system so you're more open to infections and threats from the outside. 
So now not only have I weakened myself, now I've made myself more open for infection because the immune system isn't working. And then I want to add the last one because I call the last one adding the insult to the injury. Well, you just injured yourself. You're not maintaining the body. You're not using the immune system. I go, what else? I go, when you're in a fight or flight situation, thinking is not a, a good thing. I go, what do you mean? Thinking is slow. It's a very slow process. I go, so what happens? I say, when the stress hormones come into the body, they also squeeze the blood vessels shut in the forebrain consciousness. I said, so why would it do that? And I say, because it pushes the blood to the hindbrain where reflex and reactions are taken care of. So let's say you're driving a car and it starts to go out of control. Guess what? You're not thinking. The ne- instantly your consciousness is shut off. You're just reflexively with the wheel and the brakes, the pedals, whatever, you know, no thinking. I go, oh, so then when we're under stress, we are less intelligent. I go, yes. And I go, why is that relevant? Because the fears that are in this world are always compromising us to the extent that the healthcare crisis is global <laughs> everywhere. Okay. The, the amount of money you spend on healthcare doesn't mean anything is better. The U.S. spends the most money on healthcare and has got the worst health statistics of any other country in, you know, in the progressive West. I go, well, why is that relevant? I say, Money didn't make us any healthier. The problem we have is not the immune system. The problem we have is stress. Mm. And then if you eliminate the stress, then the immune system and everything comes back to order again. And I go, so what's the issue? I say, the healthcare crisis today has virtually nothing to do with genes. 1% of illness, that's probably about the most. 99% obviously is coming from other, where's illness coming from? And the answer is uh, stress and lifestyle. I say, why is this relevant? I say, well, we're not victims. We determine what stresses us. We determine our lifestyle. All of a sudden, I say, well, wait a minute. If that's the issue, then I'm not controlled by genes that made me a problem. I'm controlled by my consciousness, which is controlling this. My, my liver cell doesn't see what's going on in the world, but my liver cell has to adapt to what's going on in the world. I said, well, how does the liver cell know what the heck's going on? I go, the brain took the outside signals translated it into chemistry, and then sent the chemistry to the liver cell. So the liver cell is not seeing the real environment. It's seeing our interpretation of the environment. I go, why is it relevant? A misinterpretation of the environment means the cells in your body are no longer in harmony with the world in which you're living. And this is the primal issue we have to deal with today, is that the stress levels are just unforgivably high all over the world. That People blame their illnesses on genes, like cancer. I go, just for fun. There's not one gene that causes cancer. There's no gene that causes cancer. I go, what do you mean? What about the cancer genes? I go, they're correlated with cancer, but they themselves don't cause the cancer. Give example. Uh, When a woman finds out she has a breast cancer gene, the BRCA gene, immediately what's the psychological consequence of that? And it's like, oh, my God, I got the gene. I'm going to get the cancer. And I go, what's the picture in your mind? I got a picture of cancer. I say, get that picture out of your mind because the function of the brain is to take that picture and turn it into complementary chemistry. So I go, so the significance about that is, hey, 50% of the women with a breast cancer gene never get cancer. So why is it relevant? Answer is simple. Possession of the gene did not cause cancer. It's the lifestyle that did that. Mm. 
You can kill all the damn cancer cells you want. If you didn't change the lifestyle, another cancer is going to manifest. Why? It's a symptom. Cancer is a symptom you're not living in harmony. Mm. Change your consciousness and the cancer disappears. And all of a sudden it says, oh my God, we've been programmed to be victims of everything. We're, pro we're, we're so fragile and vulnerable in this world. Oh my God, mosquitoes going to get me. I eat sugar. Oh my God, I'm going to die. I eat the sugar. You know, I go, wait a minute. <laughs> you don't know who you are. You are a powerful creator. I go, oh, that sounds new agey to me. I go, no, no, you know what? 1927, quantum physics became the understanding of our universe. I go, why is it relevant? Because in day one, 1927, uh, Max Planck, one of the founding fathers of quantum physics, wrote, very simply, he wrote, the mind is the matrix of all matter. The movie The Matrix came from that. The mind is the matrix of all matter. What does that mean? The mind is the creator of all matter. That's what it's been saying. Change your consciousness, you change your world. Oh, yeah. Not a coincidence, not an accident. And the new science, epigenetics, is the one that translates the picture in your head into chemistry, which then controls the genetics. And I go, so why is that relevant? Change the picture in your head. You change the genetics. And I go, then all of a sudden, the belief that we've all been programmed with, but we're victims. Oh, my God, I'm victim. Heredity. Yeah, oh, the cancer thing in my family, the cardiovascular thing in my family. I go, no, those aren't genes that are doing that. It's lifestyle. Simple point. Look at the fate of what happens when children are adopted into a family where there's cancer running in a family. The adopted child will get the same family cancer with the same probability of any natural sibling. <gasps> but the adopted child has totally different genetics. What was the point? Cancer didn't come from the genes. It came from the programming that we get as infants through age seven. So our life is not really controlled by us. It's really controlled by those programs. And uh, this is uh, the issue we have to deal with. Guys, as you know, this podcast is all about offering tools and information to live a healthier and more sustainable life. But let's be real. It's sometimes hard to find the time to implement all the things we recommend. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about our new partner, Simple Feast. Simple Feast is on a mission to make a healthy life easier for you, your family, and our beautiful planet. They deliver three 100% organic, locally sourced, plant-based meals weekly. Every meal is thoughtfully designed by chefs from Michelin-starred backgrounds to balance maximum flavors and maximum health. The best part? Simple Feast meals arrive fully prepped, so the meal making is super streamlined. Within 20 minutes, you have a proper restaurant-quality plant-based feast. Every Simple Feast meal is designed to be an entire feast, not just a one-bowl meal that you reheat. Three feasts start at $98 a week, which works out to be roughly $33 each dinner for two at home with leftovers. Simple Feast makes it easy to eat healthy without the hassle. And you can enjoy the art of cooking without all the work. And of course, what I personally love about Simple Feast is their commitment to fighting climate change. All the delicious meals are plant-based and locally sourced to reduce carbon emissions and water usage. They arrive in sustainable packaging that is biodegradable, compostable, or recyclable. Get three delicious meals in your first meal kit with $35 off at simplefeast.com using promo code HEAL. That's simplefeast.com and promo code H-E-A-L for $35 off your first box. Bon appetit. Hey, Fidel Curry Lee here 
So can we all agree that mental health is okay to discuss and doesn't have to be so taboo? Life throws curveballs at us on a daily, and the least we can do is cater to the relationship that we have with ourselves. So catch a new episode of my podcast, Because Life, every Wednesday to hear me and a mental health professional go there as we dive deep, be vulnerable, probably cry, and definitely laugh to discuss issues we all battle that become part of our mental health journey. Look, I get it. Life is hard, but talking about it together can make it a little bit easier. Tune in every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Am I talking too much, dear Kelly? (laughs) Not at all. It's all great stuff. I mean, (laughs) this is what this podcast is all about. This is what my work has been with Heal. It's to empower people with information. Some today Mm -hmm. might you know, lump us into a category of misinformation, but information Ah, to empower. What we're talking about here is hardcore science. Sorry. Uh, I think this is a misinformation. You have a misunderstanding. (laughs) That's exactly right. The science. Uh, And I didn't get here because of some devotional new age. Oh, mind over matter. I go to hell. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't believe in spirituality. I was a research scientist. Genes, life. That's what it's all about. But as I studied the cells more and more, they taught me very important facts. And number one is that their genetic activity is controlled by my consciousness. And all of a sudden it says, oh my God, I have to have responsibility. I go, you know, that's the missing point of everybody's life on this planet. No one has responsibility. President never even has responsibility. It's not my fault. I go, who the hell's fault is this? And the answer is, we've all been programmed. The programming has been known for 400 years. The leadership has known. I go, what do you mean? I go, 400 years ago, the Jesuits told their followers, give me the child until it is seven, and I will show you the man. Well, it turns out to be scientifically, that is the absolute truth. The first seven years is programming, and 95% of your life comes from those programs. So whoever controls the first seven years controls the rest of your life. And all of a sudden, it's like, I've been programmed? I go, every human has been programmed. The movie The Matrix is, they call it science fiction. No, no, movie The Matrix is a documentary. All of us have been programmed. But in the movie, I love it because in the movie, they you can take the blue pill or you can take the red pill. I say, what's the difference? Well, you take the blue pill, you wake up and you're back just the way life has always been. <clears throat> take the red pill, wake up and you're out of the program. I go, I go. And here's the fun part. Almost everyone listening to us right now has taken that red pill at least once. And it profoundly changed their lives. I go, when was that? When they fell in love. Because <clears throat> the chemistry of love keeps us from thinking It's when we're thinking that we play the programs automatically. If we stop thinking, then we're in total control. And so when people fall in love, they stay mindful. They they stop thinking. They stay present. I mean, you've been looking for this person your whole life. Not time to go thinking where you disconnect. It's time to be present. And And so when you stay present, you don't play the programs that we got. All of a sudden, I say, well, that's the red pill. You got out of the program. So what was the consequence? I said, your life was blah, 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 blah. And then you meet this person 24 hours later. It's like, life is so beautiful. Everything's great. The food, the music. I'm not going to talk about the sex. I was great too. But (laughs) everything was so great. And I go, you created what? Heaven on earth. I go, was that a coincidence? I go, 
No, that's the normal function of the conscious mind, creative, but it only works 5% because 95% of the time we're thinking, so the conscious mind's not in control. Thinking puts the conscious mind looking inside. You know, today's Tuesday. Jennifer, what are you doing on Friday? And if it's not written in front of you, of Jennifer Kelly, excuse me, uh, <laughs> I'm lost in my my headspace. Yeah, here. it's okay. I look like <laughs> Kelly, say I look like a Kelly, Jennifer. Today is but... Tuesday. What are you doing on Friday? <laughs> and the point about it is, if it's not written in front of you, I bet you in a moment you can tell me what you're doing on Friday. I said, where did you get that information? I thought about it. I go, oh, thinking. Where's your attention now? If you're thinking, it's not looking out. It's looking in. A thought is on the inside. I go, so why is it relevant? I say, well, if the conscious mind is thinking, then what does it do? It lets go of the control because it's going inside. I mean, if you're driving a car and you have a thought, I go, what do you mean? My conscious mind didn't let go of the wheel. I go, yeah. And I go, then, but I, I frequently have thoughts as I'm driving. I go, yeah. And I, guess what? When we are thinking, the subconscious is autopilot. So whatever programs I got in that first seven years from my family and my community, they take over my life because my conscious mind, the creative mind, is not looking out the window anymore. It's looking inside. And it turns out 95% of our life is the amount of time we think. And I go, so what the heck does that mean? I go, well, God, you ought to get this one. You have a conscious creative mind. You have a subconscious habit mind with programs in it. And I say, oh, 5% of your life, you're running with the creative wishes and desires, love, happiness, joy, health, whatever. But 95% of your life is not coming from you. It's coming from the programs you downloaded from your family and your community in the first seven years. And I go, why is that relevant? I said, because that doesn't mean what you want in your life is in their program. And in fact, if their programs are screwed up, you got screwed up programs. I go, so what does that mean? I say, well, then 95% of your life is not coming from wishes and desires. It's coming from programs. And I go, well, a vast number of those programs, 60% or more, are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting beliefs. So if we you know, default to subconscious programming, then is my behavior providing for me? I go, oh, absolutely not. It's probably sabotaging the hell out of your life because the programs you've got, for most people, were not encouraging. They were disempowering programs. As kids, you probably heard something like, who do you think you are? You don't deserve to be here. You know, you're not lovable. You're not this, that. And I go, if a child's under seven, those statements are not consciously conceived. Conscious mind's not working. They're directly downloaded into the subconscious. So who are we? Well, what were you told you were? Who told you? You know, I'll give you a scenario that's probably not true for any of us. Parent to child. Oh, you're the most wonderful child that ever came. You know what? You're so powerful. You can be anything in the world. You are the creator. You are more intelligent and powerful than anything on this planet. Your life is going to be great. I go, not a lot of kids got that one. <laughs> That's not good enough. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve X. I go, oh, I go, why is it relevant? I said, if you manifest those programs in your life, you have just sabotaged everything you wanted and desired. And I go, we've all been programmed. That's no way. Uh, I'll give a simple reason, okay? The brain is a computer. 
<laughs> the most powerful computer humans ever experienced. I go, so why is it relevant? I said, well, it functions like another computer, the silicon one, the laptop, the desktop. I go, why is it relevant? I say, they're parallels. I said, let's go back to the old days. I say, in the old days, you go to the store and you buy a computer, you take it home, you push start, the screen boots up, it's ready to go. And then I say, do something, right? Spreadsheet, drawing. I say, oh no, I can't do it. I say, you got a brand new computer, it's ready to go, the screen's laid up. Not until I put programs in the computer can I use that computer. So I go, oh, guess what? Human brain, computer boots up, last trimester of pregnancy, screen's lit up. I say, now what? I say, can't do anything until you get programmed. Now we know that the brain is operating below consciousness primarily for the first seven years in a state called theta. Children are operating mainly from theta. I said, what's theta? It's imagination. I go, oh, that accounts for how you know, a child rides a broom. Oh, this is a horse. The mother says, give me the broom. The child's like, in the child's mind, it is not a broom. It is now in theta, a horse. <laughs> or uh, I love the, the tea party one. You pour nothing into the cup and you drink <laughs> nothing. And you go, that was the greatest tea I ever had in my life. You know, I go, that's an engagement of theta imagination. And now I have to tell you the other side of the coin of theta, and that is it's hypnosis. If you want to hypnotize somebody, you have to bring their brain activity to a lower vibration theta. But a child lives in theta predominantly for the first seven years. I say, what is it doing? I say, it's downloading programs. I say, how? By just observing the mother, the father, the siblings, the community, observe how they behave, boom, download program. And then I go, okay, you want to know the sad story? And I go, what? And I say, consciousness is not working during the download. I go, so what? I say, there's no filter of these programs. You can get good programs. You can get some crappy programs, <laughs> but you had no choice on it. It was just downloaded. And I go, wow. I say, you know, a lot of people think the downloaded subconscious mind is the source of evil, you know, a Freudian BS thing. And I go, no, <laughs> the subconscious mind is a hard drive. It's got programs in it. The hard drive is not bad, evil, or anything like that. A hard drive, just hard drive. The programs, on the other hand, can be good programs or sabotaging programs. Give you an example. When did we learn how to walk? Before we were two. How old can you be? I said, you could be over 100 years old. You're still walking. I said, when did you learn how to do that? Before two. That program has been in there for 100 years. It's still working. Okay? Because it's a habit. Habits don't like to change. But if you get a negative habit, well, that got in there and it's going to operate. <laughs> For as long as whatever you're going to live until you change that program. Now, Kelly comes. I'm talking a lot, but I'm going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how we change the programs, but continue. Oh, I, 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 I hate that question. But I will <laughs> no. tell you. I will tell you. You know why? For years, I um, talked to everybody about how it worked, epigenetics and how consciousness was programming the genes and our life is an expression of these programs. And I showed the mechanics, the chemistry. It was like, oh, this is a beautiful picture. And I get all finished telling them this great story. And the first question is, how do I change the program? And I go, <laughs> I said, that's not my job, man. I just tell you how it worked. <laughs> But then I, uh, I met a friend of mine, Rob Williams, who developed a program called Psyche, which is an energy psychology. And 
once I started understanding and working with that, then it's like, oh my God, the reason why we have problems changing the program is because we don't know how to push the record button. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? I say, it's a habit. I go, oh, subconscious has habits. Yes, it does. Learning how to drive a car, walking, talking. You're, anything you repeat it for many times becomes a habit. A habit, by definition, does not want to change. Because if a habit changes, it's not a habit anymore. So that's how uh, you, you learn how to walk before you were two. You're still 100 years old. You're still using the same habit. It doesn't want to change. Okay. But comes the issue, well, what if my habits suck and I need to change them? And I go, oh, well, you have to understand this. The conscious mind, which is you personally, your spirit, your source, conscious mind, is creative. The 90% of brain behind back here is called subconscious. It's habitual. And I go, so the creative conscious mind can learn in any way. It's creative. Read a self-help book. Go to a lecture. Listen to this podcast. And you can learn something, you know? And I go, uh, you can just go, aha, I have a new idea. I just changed my conscious mind. It's creative. I can do this. But a subconscious program, a habit, resists change. So the idea is when a habit is put in, it's not going to just go, hey, let's change it today. Let's change it tomorrow. I go, no, then it's not a habit. It's changing. So I said, well, then how do you, uh, what's the difference here? Uh, well, first of all, functionally difference is, Conscious mind's creative, wishes and desires. Subconscious mind, habits, okay? Secondly, how do they record? I go, conscious, creative mind, any damn way you want, it's creative. Subconscious mind only learns in three ways. I go, well, there's a fourth way, so I have to mention it, and that is <laughs> a shock to the system can cause you to change a program. You go to the doctor, and all of a sudden you, oh, I got terminal cancer, boom. You could change your program right there at that moment. But you can't plan those. Those are events. So I'm going to tell you the three ways because Kelly asked me. <laughs> Sorry. I know that everybody listening was like, how do we change that? Okay. <clears throat> so we go back and I say, how did I get the programs in the first seven years? I say, your brain was at a lower vibration than consciousness. Put wires on a person's head. We read what's called the electroencephalograph, EEG. Those are all the squiggly lines of electrical activity of the brain. And in an adult, there are many levels. The, the lowest level is delta, which is sleep. The next level, higher vibration, is called theta, imagination, hypnosis. The next higher level is called alpha, calm consciousness. And the next higher level is called beta, which is schoolroom-focused consciousness. A child doesn't start out that way. It only starts out at delta. And for the next seven years, it goes up to theta. And by age seven, it jumps up a higher vibration. Now it's conscious, alpha. And then by age 12, it jumps up to the higher vibration, which is the focus consciousness, okay? And I go, so why is it relevant? I said, well, as an adult, we have all the whole range. And I say, but theta is the download part. I go, when do we have theta? And here comes the answer. You're at work, high functioning, consciousness, beta. You come home, you relax. Calm consciousness, the vibration has just dropped down. It's called alpha, calm. And the moment you close your eyes and you're out of here, sleep, the next vibration is theta. I go, what's that? That's hypnosis. I go, conscious mind sleeping. Has no idea what the hell is going on. But if you put earphones on with a program that you want to be true in your life, and every night you put them on, 
while you're awake, you might hear some of the program, but the moment consciousness dis- disconnects, the next part, you are in theta. Whatever's coming through those earphones is exactly the same way you learned in the first seven years. Download hypnosis. Okay? So putting on earphones every night. Unfortunately, theta is not a very long period, so you have to repeat this. Putting earphones, play the program, uh, you know, self-help programs. What do you want to be? Healthy, happy, rich, whatever, you know, those programs. <laughs> and I go, okay, so the first way of making change is actually using the way it originally learned. Get into theta and download it. Okay. But after age seven, we still learn, but we're not in hypnosis. I go, how did you learn? Driving a car, playing an instrument, riding a bicycle, whatever it is. I go, how'd you learn that? I go, practice, repetition, habituation. You want to make a new program, then you have to practice a new program. And you repeat this practice, and you repeat this practice, and then it becomes habit. A a sticky note on the refrigerator is a suggestion, not a habit. (laughs) Everybody, oh, I got these notes all over here. And I go, your life change? No, but (laughs) look at that. Look, oh, it says don't do this or that. And I go, oh, that's nice. I say, no, you have to generate a habit. And that's the uh, the new age silly thing, which I always repeat because it's silly. And that is fake it till you make it. What the hell does that mean? I say, create a behavior that you want to have in your life, even though your life doesn't represent that. I go, you could be a very unhappy person every day. And I go, okay, fake it. I'm happy. I'm right in the face of unhappy. You just say, I am happy. I am happy. I am happy all day long. Repetition leads to habituation. And I say, then what does that mean? Then one day you wake up, you don't even have to say I'm happy because now it's downloaded. I go, what? The new program, I'm happy. You wake up, you're happy. I don't have to do it anymore. Change. Okay, so the first one, self-hypnosis with the earphones. The second one, repetition. These are time-consuming. Repetition. The third way is Necessity is the mother of invention. And right now, human behavior is precipitating what is called the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. We've undermined the web of life, not recognizing you can't be here if the web of life goes because you are the web of life. And when the web of life crashes, so do we. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the whole point about it is this. Human civilization is in an extinction mode at this time called the sixth mass extinction of life. We've undermined the web of life. I go, why is it relevant? Human behavior is creating our own extinction. I go, is that going to be a thousand years or how long? I go, how about a couple of decades? We are facing extinction in the next couple of decades. NASA research revealed industrial civilization is facing, and I want to emphasize the word, irreversible collapse, meaning it's going down. It is not coming back. It's going to collapse, and it's collapsing right around us right now. We look at the world and crazy world. I go, part of the collapse. I go, why is it relevant? Because if we continue what we're doing, then the end of civilization is just a few decades away. So the chaos of the world is a symptom. We're not living in harmony. I say, so what's nature showing us? It says, you've got to change your behavior. You have to change how you re- treat each other. You have to change how you treat this planet. You can't just pillage the garden 
and expect it to stay there forever. No, we are the virus in the garden. And nature is saying, we don't need no stinking humans. We can do well without it. Matter of fact, anywhere humans are excluded, nature comes back. Even Chernobyl, in the middle of that atomic reactor explosion and all that stuff like that, humans have been kept out of the area because it's not habitable. It's got so much radioactivity in it. And I go, well, guess what? Today, Chernobyl, a city, is now a forest. The trees are not just growing out on the ground outside. The trees are growing through the buildings. The roof's got trees on it. The windows are open. Trees are growing out. The whole damn thing. I said, why? Humans are not there. Nature is taking it over. And I guess what else? It has the highest animal population than anywhere else in the former Soviet Union. I go, why? No people. And all of a sudden it says, yeah, when people are not there, nature can do really well. So it's sort of like, nature is not going to die. Humans are going to die. Nature's going to come back. Right. Unless we learn the lesson. And the lesson that we're getting from nature right now is we're creating chaos. We're not living in harmony. And the wake-up call is it's time. It's time to change your behavior because the behavior we are using now is self-destructive and has precipitated our own extinction. So nature is giving us a little push. It says, uh, you got a little time here. You think you can change your behavior? I go, well, that's why the energy psychology modalities came in, which are processes where you can change behavior in minutes. Minutes, not repetition of days or weeks. No, no, minutes. Many of these modalities engage what is called super learning. I have a super learning, I say. That's where a person can read a book by just moving their finger down the page, just like that. Read every word on the page, just like that. I go, they can stay in a bookstore for five minutes, turn the pages, just go like this, and read an entire book in five minutes. Super learning. I say, some of these modalities, energy psychology, engage that. I go, why is it relevant? Because it may only take 10 or 15 minutes to change a belief that has been hobbling you your whole life. Mm. And this is a time why... Nature says, you're running short here. The fuse is, is getting close. You've got to change now. So energy psychology has been introduced as an amazing way to access the subconscious program and download a new program in a matter of minutes. <clears throat> and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fact that, thank God I used that to change limiting programs that I got from my family when I grew up and, and allowed me to write a book and now to live a honeymoon with my partner, Margaret, for 23 years. I'm not talking about being in love. I'm talking about honeymoon every day, 23 years. I go, why? Because that's what our conscious mind can create. And that's what happens when people fall in love. The, the idea of that movie, The Matrix, we're all programmed, yes. And if you take the red pill, you get out of the program. Falling in love is nature's equivalent of a red pill. I say, well, how does it work? I go, simple. 5% of the day we use the conscious mind, 95% of the day we're thinking, so subconscious takes over as autopilot. I say, what if you stop thinking? I go, well, then you don't default to the program. And if you stay thinking, then you're coming from the creative wishes and desires conscious mind. And I go, when two people meet and they fall in love that very first thing, they don't play programs. They're living in consciousness. They're being here now. They're being mindful. They're not thinking. I said, well, what it means when they're not thinking? I said, they're not defaulting to the programs where the negativity is. 
I said, just by not playing the damn programs, it only took 24 hours to go from blah, blah, blah to heaven on earth. <laughs> and I go, but how come the honeymoons don't last? I go, well, as long as you're not thinking, the honeymoon will last. But the moment you start thinking, then the conscious mind lets go of the control and the subconscious mind kicks in with the programs. And those programs you never played in your relationship up until some period. And your partner never saw the negative side because they only saw the wishes, desire side that you have of I'm the most wonderful partner and everything. And, and then I go, but once I start thinking and all of a sudden what comes out of my mouth, not me, it's the program. And that program's got all the garbage in it. And so your partner in a honeymoon has never seen that program until the day you start thinking. And then all of a sudden she or he comes in and says, oh, something very nice. And you go, blah, blah, blah. And your partner, <laughs> who are you? Where did that come from? And I go, that's the problem. <clears throat> because when the subconscious is playing, you don't see it. And the reason you don't see it, because why is the subconscious playing? I say, because the conscious mind's not paying attention. And I go, oh. Well, then whatever is coming out of the subconscious mind, if you're not paying attention, you're the one that doesn't see it. So my story, which I'm happy to say is now 40 plus years old, same stupid story because I can't find another one, but it works. <laughs> and that is simple. You have a friend, you know your friend's behavior very well, and you happen to know your friend's parent. One day you see your friend has the same behavior as their parent. And so you just got to tell. <laughs> go. Hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Back away from Bill. I know exactly what Bill's going to say. I know exactly what Bill's going to say. The moment you say that, Bill's going to say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. And people laugh because they all had the experience. I go, single most profound story. I haven't changed over 40 years for a simple reason is this. We are all Bill. I said, what does that mean? <laughs> we are playing programs that we downloaded from other people. 95% of the day say, why are we playing the programs? Because conscious mind's busy thinking, not driving the vehicle. So subconscious is what? Autopilot steps in, drives the vehicle, okay? And I go, but when autopilot steps in, why did it do it? Because I was thinking. I say, then whatever the program is now coming out from your subconscious, do you see it? Nope. Why not? The reason you're playing the damn programs, you're not paying attention. <laughs> so whatever is coming out, you don't see it. So Everyone can see Bill's behavior is like his dad, but the only one who can't see it is Bill. And I go, well, this is the biggest issue we have to deal with today. Why? We are all Bill. Everyone out here, I'm sorry, we are all Bill. And when you're playing your programs, the reason why you don't see the program is why are you playing the program? Because conscious mind's not paying attention. So autopilot, subconscious steps in to run the program. You don't see it. What do you see? The results. I go, why is that relevant? Well, if the subconscious programs are not supporting you, then the results in your life are not supporting you either. And you look at your life going, it's not working. Oh my God. And, then, and I say, well, what does the person in that state do? And I go, the answer is simple. The, that caused a problem. The, that individual made a problem for me. This organization screwed me. And I go, oh, you're a victim. Yeah, I didn't do it. But I want to be successful. They interfere with me. And I go, wake up, baby. We created all of it. <laughs> and I go, you just created, but you didn't observe it because it was automatic behavior. Mm. And that's your program. 
and you didn't see it. And I go, well, why is it relevant? Well, if your program's not supporting you, then the results are not going to support you. And you're going to blame everyone else because you didn't even see you were involved. Why? You didn't see, like Bill, you didn't even see your program. And so this becomes the wake-up call. Ever feel like your mental battery is running low? I know mine certainly does, especially around the holidays when so much is going on. Well, our cortisol levels might be to blame. Chronic stress can lead to fatigue, brain fog, low moods, weight gain, poor sleep, and more, which is why thousands of people, including myself, have added Organifi's green juice to their daily routine. It's crafted with KSM 66 ashwagandha, clinically shown to balance cortisol levels. Folks who enjoy green juice find themselves calmer and nicer, yet more energized throughout their day. Another major cause of mental burnout is a lack of nutrients. Beyond ashwagandha, green juice is packed with adaptogenic superfoods like spirulina, moringa, chlorella, matcha, wheatgrass, and more. It's an easy way to nourish your body in 30 seconds. The best part? Green juice tastes amazing. Most people describe it as a minty matcha. Finally, a superfood powder you don't need to drown in sweetener or hide in a smoothie to enjoy. Green juice is delicious, energizing, and ready to mix right from the canister. Start your morning with a full battery fueled by Mother Nature's most potent adaptogens. Green juice is 100% USDA certified organic, glyphosate residue free, all natural and non-GMO. Treat yourself to amazing health and try it today for 20% off your entire purchase. Go to Organifi.com slash Heal Podcast and use code Heal Podcast for 20% off your entire purchase. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Heal Podcast and use code Heal Podcast for 20% off the entire purchase. I'm still talking, right, Kelly? <laughs> you are still talking, but it's all like, this is where science, your background is in science. All of these discoveries, this is this is where science and spirituality meet for me because like just, you know, based on our dear mutual friend, Anita Morjani's experience, having a near-death experience, kind of leaving her body and joining this consciousness, this source energy that was undescribable love and the essence of her father. And there was no judgment. It's like, I believe that where we come from, what our source is, what frequency of nature, everything is, is love. And when you distill it down, it's like we can either come from love and create heaven on earth, or we can look through a lens of fear, which most of us do because of our subconscious programming. And then we are creating stress in our life that creates all these things that we don't want. Uh, and so... And what we see right now is we're literally programming the whole generation of our children towards fear, divisiveness, separation, victims of this invisible enemy called COVID and Omicron and Delta and whatever name fear. they want to put it on, you know? Fear. Yeah. The broadcast about this stupid thing has been fear. And I say, you've exaggerated the fear to the extent that people think they're going to die. Everyone's afraid, oh, I'm going to get the COVID, I'm going to die. And I go, it's not that much more lethal than a conventional uh, flu. Uh, the numbers that they started with were false numbers about what percentage of the people are going to die. Totally false, but high enough to scare everybody because it was like, it's not a few people. It's going to be millions of people are going to die. And all of a sudden, I could be part of millions. And all of a sudden, you take on the fear. And I say, well, what happened when you took on the fear? And I go, oh, you shut down the immune system. I go, oh, now you opened yourself for a much more severe consequence uh, of this COVID. COVID, 40% of the people that were tested that had COVID didn't even know they had it. And I go, why is this relevant? 
we are being manipulated with fear. Fear is what shuts us down. Fear is what causes the health crisis that we're experiencing right now, not the COVID. COVID I think a lot of people get confused because they're like, well, what's, you know, who's doing this and who's the big evil man? And a lot of innocent, well-meaning people are trapped in a system. All the anchors that are in the mainstream media that are perpetuating this message and fear, what people need to step back and what I'd like to shine a light on is fear sells, fear hooks, fear is how these institutions of mainstream media and social media hook your attention so that they can sell more advertising dollars. And these reporters, these journalists, feel like they're doing the right thing, but they have to compete within this system that they're in to sensationalize and get the story and do what, you know, they have to like embellish what the mainstream messaging is so they can get, so it's just this perpetuating system. It's a funding issue. If you watch any of the basic news programs that are on, on the air, when they start off, they say funding provided by Pfizer. A lot, almost all of them. I mean, I have Mm -hmm. a a spot I could show you right now, like a minute of all of these different programs, each one funded by Pfizer, funded by Pfizer. I go, why is it relevant? I said, you do not ever slam your funding agency. (laughs) You know, you can't say Pfizer sucks and then ask them to give you the money. (laughs) So all of a sudden, then the media message that comes across is a message that supports Pfizer because Pfizer supports them financially, almost all of them. And I go, why is it relevant? You're not getting a clear story. You're getting a story sold to you by Pfizer and those agencies involved with making vaccines, the free shot. Oh, just go get your free shot. And I go, free? You mean the pharmaceutical companies are giving us all this vaccine? Well, yeah, after a trillion dollars that our tax money and all that money came from, there's no such thing as a free shop, baby. We're paying them trillion dollars. It's a business. It's a corporation. It sells on fear. And, you know, this might upset some people, but I go, early religion did exactly the same thing. Now we don't believe in religion. We believe in pharmaceuticals, so they can do the same thing. I go, what was early religion based on? The fear of death. I said, what does that mean? Well, whoever came up with a story that, that most of settled that issue for you, that became your belief system. I go, all the religions were there to do what? Sell you what is going to happen after you die? The greatest fear because, A, we know we're going to go die. We're the only organisms on the planet that know we're going to die. And I say, and what does that do? I said, generates fear beyond belief. <gasps> what happens when I die? Well, then there are story people. This story, that story. Give us money. That's how we keep it going. Uh, <laughs> and you go, go back to this programming and this hypnosis. So fear is very, it hooks your attention. And then we get hypnotized by the media. For instance, if you're watching a commercial, and again, this is, we are not anti-pharmaceutical. The drugs in acute situations are life-saving. I just want to, I just want to pull back and and make people aware that we are being hypnotized by a message and we are getting it locked in and, and our prefrontal cortex and our higher braining thinking centers, critical thinking centers are being shut down because we are kind of hypnotized by this fear. For instance, if you watch, I mean, if you step back and you see the ridiculous ridiculousness of it all. Like if you watch a a pharmaceutical company, I'm just going to take the commercial Humira. I'm sorry that I'm pointing out them. There's a hundred other psoriasis and eczema commercial, you know, drugs, 
but they all do the same thing. They play pretty music and they say, if you take this drug, your rash will clear up. You'll be able to hug your grandkids or make out with your husband. And then at the end, it says side effects include, and they list 10 or 12. And then the last two are may cause lymphoma or death. So huh. people are going to take a pill to clean up their skin, something that what I've learned and knowing functional medicine, you can change and resolve with lifestyle changes uh, and detoxing your life and, you know, addressing stress and trauma. And so they will take a pill to clean up their skin and risk getting cancer or dying. That is hypnosis, people. That's not you're not using your logical mind if you make that choice. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> There's a drug called Abilify, and I use this in my lectures a lot because, and, and it's, it's interesting because it says those that are taking antidepressants such as Prozac, only one third of the people have any benefit from the Prozac. Well, first of all, what they didn't tell you is this, those uh, SSRI drugs, which deal with stress and depression like that, in a scientific assessment, even from the drug companies, revealed that Prozac is no better than a sugar pill. <laughs> in regard to healing. And everybody swears by it. Oh my God, Prozac, save my life. And I go, no, it was your consciousness that saved your life because unlike a sugar pill, this is where the boost comes from. You take a sugar pill and it's like the placebo effect and you go, geez, I think it's working. It's going to, you know, I'm going to be okay. You take Prozac, there are side effects that you can feel. And I say, why is that relevant? Because that enhances the placebo effect. Not only do I think it's going to work, I feel it's working. Boom, placebo effect takes off. So it only works out. One third of the people, which is the placebo effect number in all drug trials, is who is positively affected by drugs like Prozac. Okay. And the relevance about all this stuff is that the Bilify comes in and then sells it this way. Well, if you were a part of the two-thirds of the population that didn't get an effect from the Prozac, take Abilify. And then the litany of things, it's like I, I, a minute of, you're going to die from this, you're going to go blind, you're going to go crazy, you're going to, there was no like, you know, uh, anal leakage, an easy one. <laughs> uh, they were all lethal, every damn thing was lethal. You're going to get a stroke. You're going to have a cerebral problem. You're going to have a heart issue. It's like one after the other. And I'm thinking, you were going to take this damn pill? There was a whole minute. Not one of them was a, a rash. Every one of them, and they call them side effects. And look, I've been in the business here for years. Side effects is a euphemism, meaning what? It sounds good. It's just a side effect. I say, wrong word. It's direct effect. That's why they had to write it into the drug info sheet. It's a direct effect of taking this drug. Now, you might not have all the effects, but you're certainly open to a large number of them. And I go, and they call it side effects, so it doesn't matter. And I go, it's a direct effect. Of course it matters. <laughs> and they sell this to us because we have been programmed to believe in the first seven years where we got programmed that we are powerless over our lives. That whether the church comes in and says, no, you have no control over your lives. We'll tell you how to run it. Do what we say. The doctor comes in and says, no, you have no control over your life. This is how you do it. And we give you the pharmaceuticals. That's how they do it. I go, whether it's a wafer or a pill, it's still, the, this is, you know, a consciousness thing. And I go, why is it relevant? I go, statistics. In the United States, the third leading cause of death behind cardiovascular disease, number one, 
cancer, number two. Number three, iatrogenic illness. I go, what's that? What's an iatrogenic illness? I go, that is a Latin word for illness as a result of medical treatment. Point. The third leading cause of death in the United States is the medical profession. That was written in the Journal of the American Medical Association. I'm not making it up. It was in the JAMA, <laughs> Journal of the American Medical Association. Okay, it was two th- in the year 2000. Oh, but guess what? The statistics were recently repeated in an article in the British Medical Journal, BMJ. Guess what the conclusion was? In the United States, medicine is the third leading cause of death. I go, you're not paying attention. <laughs> I'm not paying yeah. attention. Why? Because you are super powerful in healing yourself with your consciousness. But if you give up your consciousness truth to somebody else who's going to provide the truth for you, then their truth becomes your life. I go, why is that relevant? I say, most of people grew up with a doctor. I go, what did they learn in that first seven years of programming? Oh, when it comes to health, I go to the doctor. The doctor knows how to take care of me. I don't, I don't know nothing to doctor. I said, then you gave doctor truth. I say, yeah. So I say, why is that relevant? I say, when the doctor gives you a prognosis, it's not a suggestion. It's a script. You're going to get that. Why? Because you gave your power to somebody else who then makes a statement about your life that you bought and then becomes your life. They say you're going to die in three months. They made a mistake on the diagnosis. You're still going to die in approximately three months for most of the people because they locked it in. The truth, I'm Buy gone into it. three months. Yeah. Uh, and so the that's issue- That's the nocebo that, effect that you talk about. Yeah, well, that's where, you know, people, I, we talk about mind over matter. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, that's the new agey stuff. I go, it's not new age anything, man. Mind over matter as well. Placebo effect only 75 or 100 years old in medicine. I say, what does it represent? It says, uh, uh, you take a, a pill and it heals you because you believe now this pill is the thing. And then you find out the pill's a sugar pill. And then, of course, is when what healed you, not the pill, your belief in the pill. Hey guys, I'm sure you've learned by now that nearly everything about our health relies on the balance of good and bad bacteria in our gut, also known as the microbiome. Even our mental health because of the gut-brain connection. And unfortunately, in our modern world, we are bombarded every day by things like stress, chemicals, and pollution that kill off our good bacteria and throw us out of balance. No wonder we are seeing anxiety, depression, and chronic illness on the rise. The good news is we can learn a lot about our gut health and how to restore balance through proper testing. Keen Health is an amazing new brand that just launched that takes the guesswork out of gut health and gives you access to your gut from the comfort of your own home. Backed by science and trusted by experts, Keen likes to think of their brand as the goat for at-home testing. Their in-depth microbiome tests are easy to use, and they give one-of-a-kind results with actionable takeaways that can quite possibly change your life. The Keen Gut Plus Kit, for example, will give you deeper insight about the status of your gut microbiome and recommendations on how to improve your gut health and overall wellness. They also offer the Keen Gene Test, which reveals info about more than 100 different different gene traits related to health, nutrition, appearance, sensitivity, and more. Knowledge is power. And by investing in a keen health test, you are investing in knowing yourself better. So stop guessing and start testing. Visit keenhealth.com and get 20% off with code HEAL. That's K-E-A-N health.com, code HEAL. 
Yeah. And I, I just, I love to repeat, you know, when you take the sugar pill, it's not like, oh, it's all in your mind. No, because just as you started this conversation, the interpretation that you're giving your brain with the image and the belief and the thought that, okay, I'm taking this pill. There's a ritual when I take an Advil that makes my headache go away. So when I take this pill that they tell me is going to make my depression go away, I'm going to take it. And that belief then that the brain translates that interpretation and then releases the exact same uh, endorphins, opioids, uh, serotonin, the dopamine, whatever that you know is supposed to have to done release. it in the first place. It does, but- yes. So it's not the pill; it's actually your interpretation and the brain. So it's a real effect happening. Absolutely. And I know I'm going to trigger. I'm going to trigger a lot of people because a lot of people are in. And I've heard you say something similar before. It's like medication can save lives. It can be a bridge. I'm not knocking Humira. We're not knocking Prozac. If you feel desperate at a place in your life where you need something to bridge you so that you can get to a place or get rid of the rash so you can function in life, I just want to encourage people that those pills have direct effects that they're you know, trying to dilute into side effects. They are direct effects that are going to throw off the rest of your system and require more pills going on. So if you need to take a pill, medication and intervention for a period of time to bridge you out of crisis... Amen. More power to you, but understand that our bodies are so much more powerful than pharmaceutical companies. The medical establishment is conditioned you to believe. And I want to give you your power back so that you understand and learn the tools to support your body in healing itself. And, and medication can bridge you and save your life in, in for a short period of time. But for chronic illness, we have to change our programming, change our lifestyle habits, create a a more life-sustaining and enhancing environment, inner and outer. And that's when our body thrives. A hundred percent. You know, and the interesting thing people don't recognize is if a pharmaceutical drug works, it's because you have a natural drug in your system. Your cells don't make a receptor for a signal that says, well, wait until the pharmaceutical company makes a signal. No, <laughs> exactly. the receptors on the cell is because there's something that the system already makes that will bind to that receptor. So adding the pharmaceutical is just saying, well, yours isn't making that chemical. And I go, oh, is that because there's a defect in my ability? I go, no, if your programming doesn't support that use of that, you know, for your life, then you won't use it. And then they say, well, you see, it's not working in you. So we're going to give you this drug. And I go, it's not working because my consciousness is not engaging it. Uh, and we talked about the placebo effect, which is what? Positive thinking. That's exactly what it is. It's not the sugar pill that healed you, okay? Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, positive thinking. And then I go, and now you really have to understand this because nobody talks about it, really. And I go, what is the consequence of negative thinking? Ah, oh, son of a gun, guess what? Equally powerful is positive thinking, but it takes you in the opposite direction. Positive thinking can heal you of virtually any disease you have. Negative thinking can manifest virtually any disease and kill you, nothing more than the thought of it. Mm. And I'm sorry, so it's the power of thought. And I go, yeah, the positive thought will take us in this direction. Negative thought will take us in that direction. I go, then where's your thought? And I say, we have been programmed to see ourselves as victims, powerless. Things are going to overtake us. You know, look, COVID situation's here. And I say, you know, people say, well, should I take the shot or not? And I go, what's your belief system? I go, because some people believe if I don't get that shot, I'm going to really get sick and die. I said, well, then get the damn shot. And other people say, if I really get that shot, I'm going to get sick and die. And I say, well, then don't get the damn shot. (laughs) It's your belief system. It's your system. And, and and the problem is 
when we try to make a decision with our conscious mind that doesn't support the decision in our subconscious mind, that's when trouble happens. Why? Mm. Because the conscious mind decision will operate 5% of the day. But any negative program in the subconscious is going to operate 95% of the day. So my positive, my positive thinking says, yes, I can survive all this. And I go, great. Are you going to stay conscious or are you going to default back to subconscious? And I say, unfortunately, the moment you default back, it's the program that counts. If you got the program, the doctor is the truth provider, the drugs are the way out. You got that program and you don't take the drug, you compromise yourself. Yeah. So the ability really comes down to, am I powerful? I said, absolutely 100% powerful. You don't need any damn drugs. Just to throw a monkey wrench into the game here, you really don't even need to eat food. <laughs> huh? What? Huh? <laughs> because we've all been led to believe that it's our diet that when we digest the food is where we get the energy from. New research reveals a whole different story that's blow your mind. In our skin, our pigment granules called melanin, okay? Pigment. I say, what about this melanin? It turns out they take energy out of the atmosphere and turn it into biological fuel, meaning you don't have to eat. I go, those are breatharians. Oh, yeah, but some of them sneak some crackers in there. I go, they eat some damn crackers? That was a whole thing they ate for a week? What the hell are you telling me here? I go, they're living and they're healthy and they're happy. And I go, what? They're not eating. And you go, how can that happen? I go, it's a belief system that we were programmed to eat this. And I say, and where's that belief system taking us? Super size. I go, oh, Jesus, you know what? We should be living to 150 years of age minimum. I said, then how come we're all dying so young? And the answer is this, people, you ready? It's going to blow your mind. We eat too much. I go, what do you mean? It turns out when you digest food, it's burning food. I go, yeah. And I say, when you burn anything, you get waste product. I say, yeah. Breathe the air out of the exhaust pipe of your car. I go, you're going to die. That's toxic stuff. I go, guess what? When food is digested, it leads to toxic stuff such as free radicals, which are ions, charged atoms that punch holes in our cells. It's the free radicals that kill us from eating food. And so when they, like when we grew rats in the lab for research, we, we didn't say, here's your breakfast rat and here's your lunch and your dinner. We just throw all the food pellets in the basket. They eat as much as they want. What they found out is they could double the lifespan of any animal by restricting its diet. Double the lifespan. By what? Stop feeding it so much. And I go, why? We were designed not to pillage nature to keep ourselves here. Mm. We were designed to live in a garden in harmony without destroying it. And now we cut down the rainforest because we need more McDonald burgers for supersized yeah. meat. And I go, that's killing you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I go, Bruce just threw this in right on Kelly's conversation yeah. <laughs> about something else. Gonna, we need like from? seven. We need a series of like seven here. There's so much to discuss. Yes, I mean I talked about this with Wim Hof. It's our convenient and comfort living habits that we've developed because of technology that is absolutely killing us. We need a uh, new. Maybe you and I should develop a, a new healthy program for the children of this coming generation. I have a two year old child, and I definitely don't want her to fall prey to my old programming or the program of the state of the world right now. So. We need to create conscious, yeah, conscious, conscious parenting, parenting, empowerment around health and right. our ability to heal and just download these programs into our children.
That's right. And you have to give your child every day the story. You are powerful. You can have you have everything. You can stay healthy. You can create anything. You're smarter than anything. Because when that program is repeated, that becomes habit. And they become totally empowered. I think we, you know, the idea of the rich dad, poor dad book, which, you know, is a classic. I say, what does it represent? I said, children who grew up in a rich family have a tendency to stay rich. People who grow up in a poor family have a tendency to stay poor. I go, why? Programming kept the poor ones from jumping up and programming kept the rich ones to stay there. Even if they're stupid, they can still make money. Guys, I'm no spring chicken, and more like a late summer chicken. And even though I was admittedly blessed with pretty good skin, I'm trying to keep my youthful vibe for as long as naturally possible. Enter One Skin. One Skin is not your average skincare company led by marketing experts. They are a longevity company led by a team of scientists developing solutions to prevent, slow down, and even reverse aging. One Skin harnesses science to develop products that actually extend the length of time your skin is healthy and youthful. I just started using One Skin's topical supplement, which is a daily moisturizer powered by their proprietary peptide OS1, which is the first peptide scientifically proven to reduce the biological age of skin. I have to admit, with so many products on the market making big claims, I was skeptical. But when I first applied the product to my skin, it immediately felt more hydrated, supple, and youthful. I'm genuinely excited to see the results a month from now. One Skin's founding team of PhD-level aging experts spent five years in the lab researching skin and aging to discover OS1 and develop their clinically tested and patented topical supplement. And of course, most important to me is the fact that One Skin's ingredients are clean, vegan, and thoughtful selected to create formula the, to create formulas that are both safe and highly effective. Turn back the clock on your skin. Go to oneskin.co slash heal and use code heal for 15% off your first purchase. The code applies to one-time purchases and the first order of subscription purchases. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O slash heal and use code heal for 15% off your first purchase. Yeah. My husband is an example of that, he, of breaking that paradigm because he grew up in a poor family. He was the oldest of six kids. They had to escape Israel to come to the United States, uh, legally immigrated here in 1968. And his mom and his dad both had tremendous parenting skills and they just gave all their kids just tremendous programming. You can do anything. And you know, while the rest of kind of the family, the immigrant family was like, don't go to college. Don't assimilate. They said, you got to assimilate with this culture. This is your new home. Now you can do anything. We're going to get you to college. You're going to do this. And he was the first graduate of college and he's a very successful self-made man because of this positive programming from his parents. Absolutely. So my little suggestion, because you are involved with making the future for us, because a parent, uh, how they raise a child is what we've been talking about determines the future of our civilization. So parenting, which is, gets no real traction in the media about how important it is, is one of the most important things in our world because you're programming a future citizen. And if you program them with empowerment, then the future is bright. If you program them with limitations and you see where we are now going down the hill real fast uh, uh, and it becomes important. And, uh, and just a little caveat about conscious parenting is conscious parenting means you're being conscious about what you're doing. I go, how many... Uh, what percent of the day are you being conscious enough to be that conscious parent? I go, 5%. I go, what about the other 95% that you're not seeing? I say, but your husband sees it. And I say, why is it relevant? Because the programming usually get in the way of the honeymoon and destroy it. Mm. 
because all of a sudden these bad behaviors come up and then they are arguments. But if both people in a relationship understand that the bad programming isn't them, it's the program, mm -hmm. not them, that what brought them to the honeymoon was them without the program. When the program kept back in, then the honeymoon got over. And I go, so why is it wrong? I said, it's important for conscious parents to recognize that if our behavior starts to slip off, recognizing your child is watching you 100% of the time and downloading everything, then all of a sudden it says, there's no arguments. It's like, do you really intend to say or do this? You know, it's just, oh, did I say that? Bill. Bill didn't know what the hell he said. <laughs> Bill. So, you know, we're all Bill. We yeah. got to get apprised of that. And when parents recognize this, then there are no arguments in a relationship because each step is a growth program. Okay. Mm. And so it's that. really important that you observe him with the kids. He observes you with the kids. And if old programming has come up, there's a, a moment to rewrite those programs. So you really become the full conscious parent. Because wow. when you're a fully conscious parent, your child will become a leader in our future world. That's what the whole thing is all about. Thank you. That was amazing. And just to, uh, on a note, because we are all parenting and, and birthing hopefully a new world. And so we all need to, whether we have children or not, or our children are old or young, just under, like we've, there's so much divisiveness and polarity, especially about some of the topics we've talked about. And I just want to encourage people to, rather than blame the other person or Trump this or Biden that or vax this or anti-vax it before we just go to judgment and othering. And we, that's killing our world. That mentality, that energy is killing our world. It's isolating us. It's making us sick. We need to come back together from love, have a little compassion that the, the person that is, that you're angry with or judging for being an idiot for, you know, not recognizing the science, which is what both sides are saying. They're like, I'm in the science. Okay. Well, everybody's in the science. It's just different interpretations of the science. So just having a little more compassion around people's programming. There's, we have different lenses and different interpretations. And a lot of people are hypnotized by fear right now. And we just need to come back to compassion and, and listening and allowing people to have their lens. And then Gently, you know, allowing us to share information in a compassionate way, knowing that there is room in this world for discussion and interpretation so that we can learn about ourselves and learn about each other and then change our programming. Well, I would then conclude with this because I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Religion Same. to me is the business of spirit. I'll leave with this because it's so profoundly important in our world today. And that is this. Apparently, presumably, one of the last things Jesus said when in the crucifixion was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And I go, we have to recognize that every human is a spiritual entity, but also a program. And we have to recognize that they are not their program. That's been foist upon them. And then somebody has a bad program and we get into like this, I say, you have to learn to forgive them because they themselves, like Bill, Bill didn't know he's behaving like his dad. They don't know it either. And so the idea is that that phrase applies to each one of us to move into the future. And that is recognize that everyone is a spiritual entity, but a lot of people have some bad programs. Does that make them a bad person? I go, it makes a bad program for sure. Do I have to hang around with them because they got bad programs? I say, no. But do I have to hate them? No, because they don't even know what the hell they're doing. And all of a sudden it says, this forgiveness of people doesn't mean you have to be with them, 
You know, they want to play that program. Fine. You do it over there. I'm over here. Mm-hmm. But you have to recognize, is it them or their program? And then when you recognize this, then that's where that quote comes important. Forgive them. They don't, Bill didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> and we are all Bill. We're all Bill. <laughs> Uh, what a beautiful way to end, Dr. Bruce Lipton. I always love hanging with you. You are effervescence and just infectious joy and love. And uh, thank you for the work that you're continuing to do. Kelly, thank you so much for letting me use this as a platform to talk to all those people because rather than what we're seeing, a separation, our evolution is based on coming together in harmony. Mm. Uh, and so I thank you for an opportunity to talk to these people because whoever is watching, by definition, is a cultural creative because they're looking for other answers to deal with today's world. And uh, hopefully we provided them with some very positive insight. Amen. We did. Thank Thank you. Thank you for listening to the heal podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes fun and more inspiration at at heal documentary and at Kelly Gorris. Thank you so much and be well. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.